Good evening. Uh, welcome to uh, the 7 p.m. service. It's great to have you here. That was um, a little video from the noise. Uh, loads of people from this church and churches all across Bristol got involved, um, showing God's love in practical ways. But it's great to have you here this evening. And yeah, it's really good to be with you. My name's Claire. This is Joe. Did you? I don't think you, you said no. This is Joe, by the way. Um, and it, yeah, it's good to be with you. And this evening, we've got Rob coming to preach in a little bit in a, um, a series that, that, of things that are on Rob Scott Cook's heart, and that's going to be really good. And we've got some worship in a moment and a few other things. So um, we, we're just going to start. And I think you look ready. Are you ready? Should we stand? Let's stand and go into worship, and Joe's going to pray us in. Yeah, in a translation of the psalm, it says that God in, inhabits the praises of his people. And so, Lord Jesus, as we, as we praise you this evening, as we, as we got a fly on my face, sorry. As we, um, <laughs> as we praise you this evening, Lord, we, we want to meet with you, Lord Jesus. We want to meet with the risen King Jesus this evening, Lord. We know that you are so, so good. And so we worship you, Lord, and we ask you uh, humbly to come and meet with us. Amen. Amen.
Yeah, Romans 5 says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. And um, I was having a chat with my hairdresser, Ben, this week. <laughs> and um, great guy, does great hair. Um, and we were just having a chat and he, he asked me, how easy do I find it to pray for things to change? And in this context, he was kind of asking, how do I continue to, pr- to bring it to Jesus when things are hard and not happening in the way that I hoped? And I said to Ben, well, sometimes I give up. <laughs> sometimes I lose hope and I'm pretty disappointed in, in God. But I said, sometimes God has given me something different to what I asked him for. And actually, pretty often, God reminds me that he is with me, that his Holy Spirit is inside of me and that he doesn't leave me. And I said to Ben, I think that's better than having all my stuff answered, but it's still difficult. But this week that really challenged me to remember to pray for the big things again, but in partnership with God. And I just felt like that tonight for all of us, that maybe that was a prompting that there are people here that you've been praying for big things and that have been disappointed, but that God asks us to partner with him tonight. So I pray for us that we would continue to seek and pray and also praise in the waiting and that God, you would give us a passion to persevere with you and eyes that seek you first, Lord. And this song, um, Raise a Hallelujah, just kind of such a declaration of that. So as we sing this, maybe you can bravely do that with me as I kind of give my stuff to God and pray hardcore, even though it feels a little bit scary. But we partner with him and we say, come on, let's see things move. Let's see things change. Holy Spirit, would you work in me? So let's, let's sing this together. Hallelujah, louder than the 
reason to have hope and persevering as the people of hope. And I don't know, do you see yourself as somebody who carries hope, not just for you, but for the people around you, somebody to whom people look for hope? And maybe that is a bit of a battleground for you. I know it is. It is for all of us, really. I think for human beings, carrying on having hope is a battleground. But if you just go with me for a minute and just into your imagination, I just want you to imagine, um, close your eyes if it helps, that you're in a harbour and it's a, a huge harbour and there's lots of boats in the harbour and you are, you are on a little boat. It's just a little boat. And there is a massive storm raging in the harbour and your little boat is being tossed around all over the place. It is totally unsteady. But then you get hold of the anchor and you take it out of the boat and you drop it down so it drops down into the base of the harbour and suddenly your boat is absolutely steady. And the storm continues to rage but you are not going anywhere. And it says in the book of Hebrews that we have a hope that is an anchor for our souls. You have a hope that anchors your soul, whatever is going on around you. And I think uh, that there are lots of people who are storm-tossed at the moment, and maybe you're someone who is a bit storm-tossed. It may be that you're personally, inwardly, there's a storm, and you're not at peace. Maybe some circumstances in your life are a bit storm-tossed. Or maybe you're just someone who is aware that the world is full of storms and there's very little peace to be had. And I just want you to just open your heart to the Holy Spirit and I'm just going to ask him to help you drop anchor now into the hope that only Jesus Christ can give. So I pray... Father God, that you would release again your Holy Spirit to reveal to us the hope that is Jesus, the peace that he gives, the sure and certain future that everyone has who trusts in him, the fact that you are with us in the storms and you will never leave us and never forsake us and you have promised that you will give us what we need to face every storm, to face every battle, to face every person who is against us, even those who have harmed us, you've made a way for us to face them, to even forgive and to bless our enemies, because that is the kind of God you are. And I pray now that that would come as a revelation to every one of us, and that we would drop anchor now into that hope that will not go away, a sure and certain hope. So I just pray, would you come and reveal it? Come speak to every individual here, particularly to those who need to know that peace and hope in their hearts. And you know, Jesus commissions you to be a carrier of hope. And that when you leave this place tonight, you're gonna carry hope, embody it, and people are gonna see the light in your eyes and know that you're, you've got hope in you that is not it's not a natural thing, it's actually supernatural. So I pray, Jesus, would you charge us up with your supernatural hope.
in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship leaders. Amazing as you are. Yes. Well, um, welcome again, everyone. If you weren't with us at the start, um, my name is Joe. And my name's Claire. It's, um, it's really great to have you here. And um, if you've been coming for a long time, it's, you're really, really welcome here. But we want to particularly uh, welcome some of the new people here tonight. And um, if this is your first time, your second time, your third time, or, or whatever it is, we want to particularly welcome you. And uh, there's a few ways for connecting with us as a church. And one of the ways is a little kind of QR code that's going to come up in a minute. Um, and really, because Woody's is a, a, a fairly large church, this is so we can kind of directly get in contact with you uh, and point you to kind of places where you can connect, like midweek groups and things like that. Um, so do, if you're, you're new, kind of check out that. I think there's some other places of getting that QR code as well, maybe outside on the... On a, on a thing. Um, but there's also thing. Joe. I see Joe out there with a mustardy T-shirt. Um, so, so you can say hi to Joe as well. But yeah, that's great. And uh, <laughs> we also had Alpha kicking off this week. Mel, Rachel, thumbs up. Was it a good one? Cracking one, apparently. I've heard the best ever. It was good? <laughs> great. Um, it's strength to strength. Yeah, and um, Alpha is a great place uh, for you if you have questions about life um, the meaning of life, whatever it is, it's a place where you can really explore that um, in an informal way. I've heard in the summer it's particularly chilled out, yeah, really chilled out. So um, if you kind of want to ask some of the big questions, then, then do, uh, yeah, get involved with that. Brilliant. And you can get an invitation and go and take it and invite somebody. Second thing, third thing to say to you is that if, who has heard of the, our Empowered course? Who's heard it mentioned? Put, stick your hand up, wave you. Is, is the message getting through? In a couple of weeks' time, on May the 17th, uh, Tuesday evening, for five evenings on Tuesdays, we are going to do a course called Empowered. Now, I don't know if you feel empowered in your life, but God's intention is for you to feel empowered by the Holy Spirit. And if you're new around here, you might not know that that is an, a real value of ours, that we want to learn how to work with and cooperate with the Holy Spirit, learn what it means to be led by the Spirit, and even to, um, to minister to others, to pray for others in the power of the Holy Spirit. So Empowered is a course where over a series of five evenings, we're going to look at the work of the Spirit. We're going to study the Holy Spirit. So you've got to come and bring something like, I don't know, a, a phone to write on or a notepad. Remember those things? Paper, pen? Bring those things, and um, we're going to study the work of the Holy Spirit, and then each evening we're going to do some practical things, you know, get you out of your comfort zone, all that sort of thing. You love it. It's going to be really good. Come. Sounds great. Dave Mitchell is hovering. He's going to come now, and we've got something very special to talk about now. Should we introduce it, and then Dave can... Yeah. Or shall I let Dave introduce it? Dave, come on. There You're excited, aren't you? Well, it's wonderful to be a church that's part of an international family. And every now and then we, we have mission trips. And I remember a few years ago, um, my son Perrin went to Albania on a, on a little trip. And um, he went there, actually, because Albania hasn't got a tradition of men working with kids. And my, my son Perrin worked with, with um, um, preschool kids. You know, and he went there to just model. Here's a guy working with little kids. It was astonishing. 
he met this, uh, this guy there called Name, who was just this amazing young man. And, and when he came back, he told everyone in Bristol about this guy Name. And so Joe Roussel said, I want to go on a mission trip to Albania too, <laughs> so I can meet Name. And she did. <laughs> she did. And come on up, Joe and Name. Not, not a bit of exaggeration. Anyway, Joe and Dame are getting married next week. <laughs> Saturday. Uh, there's lots of things about that. I mean, I was actually invited to the wedding. Can't go, so I wanted to pray for them now. But lots of you are. Who's going to that wedding? <laughs> that means next Sunday evening, chaos at the 7 p.m. service. You're responsible for doing that. You're taking all the techies, all the worship leaders. Anyway, but actually, um, these, these couple are, are really special to us. First of all, for Joe. Joe has been working for us this year as our um, worship ministry apprentice, though she's yeah, more than an apprentice, but she's really stepped up to help our worship really be facilitated. And we've, we've been really uh, um, grateful to Joe for the way she serves in that. She also, as a counsellor, has been working with Claire. Fantastic stuff. And a name managed to... <laughs> Nay managed to get a visa to come and spend some time here before, before the wedding. And again, he's really served in all, all kinds of ways. Uh, Nay, the other day, um, gave his testimony to our young people. My wife was in tears. She said their jaws dropped. Because Nay's actually is from a, a Muslim background. You know, dad's a Muslim. It's not been easy following Jesus in Albania with that kind of background. But here's someone who sacrificed for the sake of the kingdom. And we just want to bless you both and um, ask for God's favour on you as you start your married life. And we're looking forward to welcoming you back to Bristol, that you get your home. Is that all going ahead? It is. Oh, so they're going to be living in Knoll. And um, let's hear it for South Bristol. So we just, just want to lay hands on them and bless them. And um, maybe you'd like to join. One or two of you want to come off on stage and join me in that. If you can't be at the wedding, but you, you can come and join in now. Oh, you are, you're going to the wedding anyway. I know that. You're going to fight. Father God, we, we want to thank you that um, every, every couple is special. And, um, and actually, the love is a gift from you. And that it crosses all sorts of boundaries. But we thank you for the particular place that Joe and Name have in our church family. And as they're getting married away from Bristol, we want to somehow catch the celebration and get behind them with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we want to bless you in the name of Jesus. We want to bless you in your going out and your coming in. As you go out together and come back, man and wife, we pray that you would know what it means to have the joy of the Lord being your strength, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life, and a fruitfulness, actually, that blesses many people. This marriage is not just for you. It's actually for, for him and for the kingdom and for the community of God's people. And we pray that you'll be blessed in your going out and your coming in. In Jesus' name, amen. Obviously, any wedding gifts you want to give them, you can't be there, then do pass them on. Um, it's the second Sunday of the month, and one of the things about Woodlands is we don't take collections. 
You may have been disappointed. Where's that little velvet bag that used to go up and down the rows? Doesn't happen here. And the reason for that is, first of all, we see giving and giving to God and giving into local church as signs of discipleship and commitment to the body of Christ. And so we don't think that we have to ask people to give because we expect people to be eager to do it and to find out how to do it. And many of you give to, to Woodlands week in, week out. You make standing orders, you go on our website. You make sure that you give because you're actually behind what goes on here. And actually, if, if you're not one of those people that gives, we'd love you to do that because it really is a part of expressing that we believe in God's call on us as a church and we, we want to support stand with you in that. And actually, it's part of a discipleship. But we do all that behind the scenes, and it's, it's not a high-pressure thing. I don't know what you give or what you don't give. But honestly and truly, how we handle our money is really important. It's part, it says things about in our heart. It's part of our worship. And when we worship, giving is what this is all about. Worship's an act of giving ourselves to God. And so once a month, we love to make sure that our worship includes in it the worship element of giving finance. And today is that Sunday, it's your lucky Sunday. But what happens when we do that on the second Sundays is we don't keep that money within the work and ministry of Woody's, we give it away. We either give it to our global partners or we give it to local mission and ministry that we support. And today our offering is in, in the kind of local mission and we want to support the local mission of, first of all, the teams going out with Love Bristol from this church and other churches to Poland to come alongside Ukrainian refugees to help them get their visas and find their way back into the UK. So we want to be doing that. And Mel and some others from this congregation are going out on the 23rd of May. So people are going out all the time. We want to help facilitate and support and bless what's going on out there and support Love Bristol in the direct provision needs that come as they're caring for people waiting for visas. Second of all, we're opening in this city some hubs to welcome Ukrainian refugees. The first of those hubs... From us, as, as Wood is, um, some have already started. We'll be starting one in South Bristol, um, run by Richard Pollard and, and volunteers from Woodies, but based in Victoria Park um, Baptist Church there, using their facilities. And that'll be probably on a Wednesday afternoon. So again, if, if you're one of those people thinking, I think I could give some time late afternoon on a Wednesday, we'd love to hear from you. Um, but um, Claire's husband, Greg, actually pioneered that whole um, going out to Ukraine. And uh, anything that would help us in our praying, Claire? Yeah, just um, about 200 people have ended up coming to the UK now through the, um, the visa scheme that Love Bristol has been helping with, which is amazing because we've had a few sort of sharing from the front about how frustrating the process is. So that's brilliant. And those people have kind of gone all over the UK and we're still in touch with most of them. Um, but the reality is, is that it kind of just needs covering in prayer because it's, you can imagine what it's like for some people when the, um, when the refugees arrive in their homes. So we had one yesterday, we were away in London, Greg and I were for a day off, and actually in the middle of it, Greg was negotiating with this one woman who, who couldn't really handle the person that she had received, and needs, that person needs to move on. So that needs a bit of covering in prayer, but also I think we've just got to keep praying. We've got, had two people living with us oh, just over the weekend, and a grandmother and a grandson... Mum and dad just left in Ukraine, and I, it just really sort of came home to me, I suppose, you know, this 13-year-old boy with his grandmother. No idea when they will see his parents. No idea, idea when they will go home, and they have nothing. They don't even have a, any money or anything. It's just incredibly hard, and 
heartbreaking to sort of just see it right in your face. So I, I think it's just keeping prayer cover. In a minute or two, Claire, we'll get you to pray. But um, in terms of giving, here's ways that you can give. First of all, we actually have some card readers. One here and one, I think, towards the back there. Is it, is it there still? Yeah. So actually, as we go back into worship, you can go to that card reader, wave your card in front of it, and it will magically take money from your account. Um, and you can do it twice to give more. Second of all, we have a text giving code which will appear on the screen. And you can go on, on your mobile phone, and if you text that number, that will go into the pot out of which the, the money that we're giving tonight will, will be going. Um, and then third of all, you can go to our website, and, and if you click on connecting, there's a link that says giving, and there it, it, it has a link to our local caregiver. If you go onto that particular giving site, then you will find that your donations will be given to um, this, this part of this ministry and, and also just to some of the other caring stuff that we support. So that's the way to do that. So what we're going to do, Claire's going to pray and then we're going to go back into worship. And as we worship with our songs, we'll also worship with our wallets, with our cards. And... Um, <laughs> That will be a good thing. Great. Would you, why don't you stand with me and let's pray together. So let's just take a moment to just remember what we're doing. We're praying to God in solidarity with our brothers and sisters and people who are suffering. And I pray now, God, on our behalf, we pray that your, you would release your spirit of peace and wisdom and uh, kindness and, uh, yeah, that you would release the spirit of peace over Russia and Ukraine. We pray, God, for your intervention, for a mighty, miraculous intervention. We pray that somehow wisdom would penetrate through to the, into the heart of darkness and that people would turn and turn towards you and find you and recognize what is true and what is good and right to do. And we pray for those that are suffering, Jesus you're full of compassion for them, and we want to be as well. And we pray that you would bring blessing and healing and hope right into the heart of that darkness. We pray for your blessing in the name of Jesus. And would these gifts, small though they might be, just go to where you can use them as a, like a little army of blessing. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Choose the cross with every breath, the perfect life, the perfect death. You chose the cross.
that we have given uh, to serve um, the people most in need, Lord Jesus. And we pray that you would uh, bless that money and that it would really um, go to people who need it. Amen. Um, well, I'm really excited to um, invite Rob up to the stage. And um, yeah, big round of applause there, Rob. Um, and Rob's just going to be speaking to us today about the, uh, in our series, Priorities. And it's really a word from your heart, isn't it, Rob? And, so, um, and a bit about guidance this evening. So I'm going to pray for Rob, and then we'll go for it. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Rob, and I thank you for the words that are on his heart, not just in um, tonight, Lord Jesus, but for this series and for uh, us as a church to prioritize you, Lord Jesus. And I pray that as he speaks, Lord, we'd have ears to listen to what you're saying. Amen. Thank you, Joe. So we have just begun this new series linked with a prophetic word we felt God saying for this year, not just for us as church, but for us, the people of God in a wider sense around the city. And um, we're just unfolding that over these coming weeks. And particularly tonight, we're thinking of that sense of priorities as seeking first God's kingdom to seek first the counsel of the Lord. So maybe a little slide will come up to tell us that. And um, this is where Jehoshaphat, who is the king of um, Judah at the time, was being lured by the king of Israel in to go into battle with him. And the king of Israel had already made the case for it. He got lots of false prophets. He himself had been just rebellious against God, but he was determined to try and get the Jehoshaphat to come with him to battle. And Jehoshaphat said these amazing words, that we must seek first the counsel of the Lord. And we're going to think a little bit what that means, to seek God's counsel first. Or is it to seek God's guidance in all that we do? So that the priorities of our lives are shaped by God's guidance. Now, particularly a time when pandemic has brought so much confusion and turned so many lives upside down, so much heartache, so much disappointment, health, well-being, finances, family, loads of things in our lives have been disturbed. And yet, the key to it often is to try and sense, but what are God's priorities in the midst of all this for our lives? How does God guide us? Now, for many of you, you may feel, Rob, I, I really do want to follow God. I really do want to obey him. I really do want to do his will for my life. My challenge is knowing what his will is. How do I know what is God's guidance? Whether it's just what I want to do or whether it's what God wants me to do, whether it's just my feelings, my preferences, or whether it really is God's will for my life. How do I know what God's priorities are? And here under this title of First Seek the Counsel of the Lord, we're going to try and unfold that. So there are four things we're going to try and cover, and if you hold on to your seat, hopefully by the end of the evening there'll be a real sense of a fresh insight as to what it really means to know God's will for our life, God's priorities. Those four are what we will call an open page, an open mind, an open door, and an open heart. Each of them are quite key. Sometimes it's not just one independently, but how God uses them to line up one with another. So the first is the open page, how God uses the open page of Scripture. So in Psalm 119, that longest of all the Psalms, in the middle of it, in verse 105, says that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How does God guide us? How do I know the counsel of the Lord for my life? Well, firstly, his word 
is itself. And it's interesting, both these expressions. Sometimes we just need to know what the next step, what do you want me to do today, Lord, the next step? And it's a lamp to my feet, just taking the next step. Other times you want to sense my whole career, my life relationships, whether I should buy this house or do this job or do this course. And his word can be a light to our path, like full beam ahead. How does that happen? How does God speak to us through his word? How does he guide us through his word? It's been interesting just recently with Easter and all the wonder of those resurrection stories and we were just looking uh, last week a little bit on the Emmaus Road and uh, this is an amazing example of God using his word as a key to revealing his purposes. So here's the scene, Jesus risen from the dead, the disciples, many of them still confused, not believing it's happened, many feeling a desperate sense of disappointment because they thought this was going to be the answer to their lives and the life of their nation. Two of them on a road just outside Jerusalem, traveling up to Emmaus, and suddenly a stranger appears alongside them. What they don't realize is it was Jesus. They don't recognize him, whether he was wearing a hoodie or whatever else it was, but they just didn't recognize him. And, and, and there comes this moment where Jesus draws alongside of them, and, uh, and uh, they realize he doesn't, he doesn't even know, seemingly, all has been happening and why they're so disappointed. And you'd have thought the easiest thing for Jesus to do would have been just throw the hoodie off and say, It's me! It's me, look at my hands, my feet, it's me. But he didn't. Instead of that, he took the word of God, and starting from Moses and all the prophets, it says he explained to them from the scriptures the things concerning himself. Why was that? Why did he just give them that moment of alarm and surprise and wonder? Because the challenge often in our lives is those passing moments, those experiences, but sometimes they're just passing. By the next day, he'd gone wondering, was it an illusion? Was it really happen? But Jesus wanted to give a foundation on which long after he had gone, they still would realize that truth, that this was meant to happen. Right from the early days of Moses, it was there, that unfolding of scripture. In fact, in John's gospel, we have a similar incident. It's Thomas, we call him Doubting Thomas, and he'd already said when they'd said that Jesus had risen from the dead, I never believe that. That's why we call him Doubting Thomas. Unless I can put my hand into the side and my finger into those winds, I, I, I won't believe. And then Jesus appears to them. He says to Thomas, look, reach out your hand. But Thomas doesn't seem to need to do it. He just falls down at Jesus' feet and says, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus says these amazing words. Yeah, Thomas, you've believed because you've seen. But blessed are those who will not have seen. They won't have had the experience. They won't have the moment where they say, it's me. And yet they'll believe. But on what basis are they going to believe? The next verse goes on in John's gospel to say, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you have life in his name. In other words, that record of John's gospel gives a sufficient basis for anyone who's genuinely seeking and searching to understand that. Now, it's interesting with the Emmaus Road experience, just what happens, because there are three kind of, what I would call, opening experiences in that. The three R's is in Luke 24. It's worth reading when you get home. He opened the scriptures, he opened their eyes, and he opened their minds. When it says he opened the scriptures, it says he opened the scriptures and explained to them the things concerning himself. So with scriptures, what we would call explanation or exposition, how do we take scripture and expound it, explore it, explain it? Now, the Pharisees were familiar with the scripture. Many of those religious leaders were, but somehow they didn't really get it. So there comes a moment, even though Jesus had explained these scriptures to them, they still don't realize it's not until they're sat at table with him and he breaks bread and they, they suddenly realize their eyes are opened. So that 
explanation of scripture was opening the scriptures, that exposition as it were, then there came what I would call revelation. Their eyes were open. What Paul often in his letters speaks about, the eyes of your heart being opened, where God reveals. So there are moments where, like for the, the apostles themselves, when Jesus says, but who do men say that I am? And they gave all sorts of titles. Then Jesus says, but who do you say that I am? And suddenly Peter says, wow, you're the son of the living God, the Christ. And Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. So here was revelation, that sense of God revealing himself. How do we take scripture? How do we expound it? That's what we're doing tonight. How do we explain it? Then how do we sense the Holy Spirit bring that revelation? And then the third thing was, and we'll deal with that in a moment, when we deal with open minds, Jesus opened their minds. But let me just take this further with regard to how scripture is a means of guidance for our lives. How does God use it? Because in a sense, is it then that scripture gives us the foundation of truth? It gives us the values on which we live our lives. It shapes our worldview and therefore it gives us a basis on which to make judgments and views. Is it a bit like the highway code of life? Now, the thing about the highway code, it really helps you. In fact, you can't pass your driving test without knowing the highway code. But the highway code gives you the principles of driving and how you handle the road. But it doesn't tell you how to get from A to B. From that, you need a road map. So the Bible, when we speak of guidance, it just giving us the principles of guidance on which we do our life, the highway code of life? Or is it also that way in which God reveals his purposes to me personally in my life? And this is where we can understand how often God will take scripture, what I would call the depositive truth of God's word, and then bring it as a now prophetic word into my life. So there are many things in scripture as we unfold them. Let's just take a, I just take early chapters of Genesis where Abraham, and God calls Abraham. Already God has been unfolding his purposes and there comes a moment when for Abraham, God is going to call him. And it says, Abraham, I want you to leave. I want you to leave your country and your family and I'm going to lead you into a land that you don't yet know. And then it comes when God says, Abraham, now's the moment. I want you to go. Now, that would give us some principles that God is ascending God. God is a heart for the nations. Through Abraham, he's going to bless the nations of the world. And for us, those principles are there for us still today. God is a missional God. He's ascending God. But what does it mean for that to become a prophetic now word? So Gladys Airwood, when she was reading those passages in, in Genesis, she's reading them, feeling God stirring about serving God overseas, already felt a stirring about the, the land of China, but not really sure whether it's But as she read those words, the Holy Spirit said to her, now I'm going to leave your country and your family. I'm going to take you to a land. And suddenly that deposited truth became a now word. That's why when we read the scriptures daily, it's important for us to be able to pray, Lord, not just teach me the truths of your word, but open my eyes, Lord, as I read, that you'll speak into my life in those situations. Those now words, where the depositive truth becomes a prophetic word into my life. So the open page of scripture. Now it's interesting in that passage in Luke 24, where God, it says that Jesus opened the scriptures, he opened their eyes, that was explanation, revelation. But then, those two on the Emmaus road, when they'd realized it was Jesus, they rushed back to Jerusalem to tell the other disciples. And there they find them behind locked doors, and suddenly Jesus appears to them again. And this time, there's a third open. It says he now opens their mind to understand the scriptures. 
And what he does in these moments is remarkable because up until now there had been that unfolding, that exposition of scripture right from those Old Testaments, being able to see those ancient prophecies, the, the, the whole journey of history as it were, the unfolding purpose of God, that Jesus had come. And this was Jesus' purpose, that he would come and die and be risen from the dead. They still hadn't fully realized this was Jesus until that moment of revelation. They still didn't yet fully understand. But it says now, when Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures, he not only then says to them that he was the fulfillment of those prophecies, it was meant that he as the Christ should die and rise again, but also that this meant now that there was a means for them to experience repentance and forgiveness and to bring this message of good news. And he says, now for you, you will receive power as the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses to all nations. So now he applies it and brings that personal understanding. Now I want to say a little bit about open minds in guidance. Because sometimes there's a danger that we can over-spiritualize life and almost think that, you know, our mind is our human faculty and really God can only speak to us through our spirit, as it were. But no, God has given us our minds. Part of the distinctive nature of that mankind and humankind is the ability of rationale, of reason, of being able to use our minds. So how does that God do that in using our minds? Because it's important for us to see how our minds are an important part of God unfolding that understanding of his purposes. And it's easy sometimes, I say, to almost think, well, no, if I'm praying for guidance, whether I should take this job or not take it, whether I should marry this lady or not marry this man, whether I should buy this house or not buy this house, I pray, is it a yes or is it a no? It's not always quite as clear as that or as simple as that. So how, how do you engage your mind in that? One of the things I find helpful in guidance is actually to sit down and with a piece of paper, whatever the question I'm facing, whatever the decision I've got to make, I'll actually write down the cons, and the pros, the things against doing it and the things for doing it, the negatives and the positives. And what I do is as I write them down, I pray over each of them. As I pray over them, some of those cons seem to fade away. Some of those pros seem to become much bigger. And, and, and I'm actually experiencing God's guidance. I'm exercising my mind in actually thinking through and sensing God's guidance. There's that sanctified common sense that God will often use in that. And yet, it's not just left to our minds. So that great scripture in Proverbs about guidance. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Now it doesn't say don't use your understanding, but it means that we do not lean in the sense we're not dependent purely on our human understanding. But it's important that we engage our minds constantly in our, our sense of knowing God's guidance. It's part of that purpose of God unfolding. You'll keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. That focus, we're trusting in God, but he's actually using our minds. And when we sense the peace of God, it's the peace of God that passes all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds. How do we engage our minds in God's guidance? We need to be careful that we don't sort of dismiss our mind as if, you know, well, now I'm a Christian, I, I just depend on But our mind is God-given. It's part of our thinking. The third is what we will call an open door. And uh, perhaps if we can put up the next of those um, little scriptures on open door. And we're thinking of the way God uses open door as part of his guidance. So here's a story, in fact, um, of where in Corinthians, Paul is wanting to stay on in Ephesus because God has really blessed him. 
And uh, if we can get that little scripture that says open door, and it says here in Corinthians, because a great door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many who oppose me. So it wasn't the easiest thing to be doing, but God had blessed his work at Ephesus. He'd seen amazing things happening there. And he felt stirred, even though he was under great opposition at times. It would have been easy to think, I've done it, I've finished, I'm finished with it, I'm on my way. But God says, no, I want you to stay here. And because of that open door of effective work, he stayed there. Now, it's interesting how God uses open doors often for his guidance. But here we need to be careful too, because it doesn't mean that every open door is God's guidance. Otherwise, we become opportunists. We can't say no to anything because everything seems such an effective opportunity. How do we do it? So there's another scripture where, in fact, Paul comes to Troas. And it says here, a wide open door was for me in Troas. We didn't go in it. Why? Because I said I had no rest of spirit. What does it mean sometimes when an opportunity comes, it seems such a, an unmissable thing, I ought to do this, but you somehow feel an unease of spirit? You feel a restless of spirit? And, and so you say, why are you doing it? And you can't give them lots of reasons for it because, but you just say, I, I, I just feel a, an unrest. I have no rest of spirit. Now that peace of God in our heart is a key part of God's confirmation and guidance as to whether this is his open door, his way of opening that door for us. God will use an open door often as part of his confirmation, his purpose. For Paul, this was the way in which God confirmed, even though there were many who were opposing him, he says, but it was such an effective door that God had opened. I felt it was God's purpose for me. So that open page of scripture, that open mind, that open door. The fourth is what we'll call an open heart. And this is key to all of them, really. So there's another situation where God had opened a door of effective work. And this is uh, in the early church where they'd appointed the, the deacons. And one of those was a man called Philip. And uh, he was a man full of the Holy Spirit. He did some remarkable work. He went to Samaria of all places. Samaria, the very opposite to Jews. And yet in Samaria, he saw miracles happening. Amazing work of God. And uh, it was all happening when suddenly God says to him, Hey, Philip, I, I want you to go down that road that leads down to the desert. Down into the desert? Lord, look what's happening here. There's so many opportunities, so many situations. Lord, I'm not, I, I, I couldn't leave this. God says, I want you to go down into that desert. And so he obeys that prompting of the Holy Spirit. And so he takes the road down to the desert. And as he gets down the road, in the distance, he can see a cloud of sand dust. There's a chariot going along. And then it says, the Holy Spirit says to him, imagine that, go near that chariot. And sure enough, up he comes beside the chariot. The person inside, he doesn't realize who he is at this stage. He was quite a significant person. He was Chancellor of the Exchequer in Ethiopia, the whole country of Africa, that sense of what I mean, but from Ethiopia. And he'd been up to Jerusalem. We don't know whether he'd been to some secondhand scroll market, like a secondhand bookshop, but he'd ended up with this ancient scroll of, uh, from Isaiah, and he was reading it, not understanding a word of it. And as he's reading it, Philip comes alongside the chariot, just as God has said. And he hears him read, and he says, do you understand what you're reading? No, he says, how can I understand this? Someone explains it to me. He uses the same word of explaining as Emmaus Road experience where it says that Jesus explained to them those scriptures concerning himself. And so that moment, the very verse he was reading from Isaiah was those amazing words from Isaiah 63, like a sheep being led to the slaughter. And he says, is, is he writing about himself or someone else? And from that scripture, Philip explains to him about Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the wonder of that sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, what it means to experience forgiveness through that finished work of Jesus, 
there in the middle of the desert, this man from Ethiopia, whom it's all so new, believes. Not only does he believe, but so significant is baptism in those earliest days we see in Scripture as that sign of baptism. That's what Jesus said. I want you to go and make disciples. You baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. That here in the middle of the desert, if ever there was an excuse why I couldn't be baptized, it would be a desert, not enough water. But they find an oasis as they go by. He says, hey, here's water. Why can't I be baptized? And it's a real challenge even about discipleship sometimes of how we're often asking the question, why should I be baptized? He'd be saying, why, why can't I be baptized? It's water. That whole challenge of discipleship. But the way it had come about was an open heart for Philip, a prompting of God's Holy Spirit. Just that sense of, I want you to go down that road that goes down to the desert. He sets out not knowing where it's going to lead him, but then as he's going along, I want you to draw near to that chariot. And how do we sense God's guidance, those promptings of God's spirit? We sense a still, small voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. A little while back now, I was praying for someone. In fact, each day I pray for different folk here, if you're part of regular part of Woody's, and I pray for you by name every week. And I work through during the week a whole range of people. But every day, one or two names would jump out to me. And I usually do something, I'll either maybe email you or phone you, or next time I see you on a Sunday, I'm welcome, I'll, 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 I'll look out for you. But, just somewhere. but this particular day, one of the names that jumped out at me was a fellow, his name was Paul, and um, I really felt him on my heart. And uh, uh, I couldn't get him out of my mind, I was praying for him, and uh, I hadn't seen him for months, I, I think he was struggling, he hadn't been around at church for quite a while, and was really going through a difficult time. And I was wondering how best to make contact with him, because I wasn't seeing him at church. And Anyway, I was then going out for a walk, and I was going to prayer walk, and as I was going on this prayer walk, I went along the road, and anyway, um, I'm going along the road, and I passed this little entrance to a little lane, and I felt God say to me, go up that lane. <laughs> I was going to be a bit of a way round to where I was going to get to, but, and it was big tall walls on either side, but sure enough, I sat on this lane. And as I'm going along this lane, these tall walls on either side, I'm still praying for him. At this moment, I'm actually praying for him by name. And I turn this corner with these tall walls. As I turn the corner, I bump into somebody. And yep, it's this fellow, Paul. I say, Paul, I said, this is amazing. Well, it's not so amazing, but that sense of, but not only was it amazing that God had prompted me to go up that lane at that moment and to meet him, but it had prepared me, whereas I might just normally said, hi, how are you doing? But somehow now, I'm full of expectancy. It was an amazing conversation that really was to have quite a change on Paul's life from that day onwards. But how do we sense those promptings of God's Spirit? That open heart, whereby we sense the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Go near that chariot. Draw near that person on the bus stop. Speak to that person in the office. What does it mean to know God's guidance that comes through those promptings? What is it to be open to the Holy Spirit every day of our life? Every day of our life, to be open to that open page of Scripture. When we read the Scripture, say, speak, Lord. Speak. Not just that God has spoken through Scripture. That's the inspired word of God. But that God is speaking through Scripture today in that prophetic way into our lives. What is it to have an open mind? It's open constantly to sensing those, God's opening our understanding to have a sense of those open doors. Lord, today, open those doors. Paul often prayed that. You know, he said to those early people, pray for me that God will open a door of opportunity for me today. What is it to pray every day, God, open a door for me today that I'll recognize? What is to have that open heart to say, come, Holy Spirit, Sense those promptings.
Let's pray together. Let's maybe stand as we pray, and then Claire's going to lead us into a time of response and worship. And uh, Lord, come now, we pray. We really do want to know your priorities for our life, Lord. We want to seek first your kingdom. We want first to seek the counsel of the Lord, your guidance, Lord, for our lives. Come, Lord, by your Spirit. Help us tonight to sense that willingness to open our lives to you, to that open page, that open mind, that open door, Lord, that open heart for you to lead us. Come. Come, Holy Spirit, even now in our worship, Lord, be drawing us into your purposes. In Jesus' lovely name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Rob. I wonder if you could just take your seats for a moment and uh, we're going to go into a little time of response. And I just want to say something about Rob is that Rob hasn't just preached a sermon um, because he knows the Bible and he knows what you should say about uh, being guided. Rob is somebody who has really learned how to follow the voice of the Spirit in his life. And he would, you know, if we gave him the opportunity, he could tell a hundred stories like that one. He could. And, um, you know, maybe you've heard him every now and again. And, you know, one of the things that's really amazing is the number of stories. And, um, you know, this morning I was talking to Pam, who's Rob's wife. And uh, we've been talking about something, me and Pam, for the last few weeks, about something she's been trying to decide whether or not to do. And uh, she just said to me this morning, you know, I woke up in the middle of the night a few nights ago, just with a start, and I felt the spirit say, no, don't. And at the t- when she said it to me this morning, I just thought, you are somebody who's honed that skill of listening to the spirit, and your, vo- your life is shaped around being led by the voice of the Spirit. And I don't know if you're stirred by that, but I am. (laughs) And I want to be someone who is able to listen with wisdom and, um, and hone that gift of being able to hear the voice of the spirit so i'm just going to invite you two two groups of people to stand up and we're going to pray and ask for the holy spirit to come and actually our prayer team a few of them are over here and they're going to spread out around the room and come and just stand next to you and pray with you for a few minutes and then we're going to go back into worship but first of all if you're someone who needs guidance at the moment and you know this is a hot topic for you because you have got some things you need to decide you need to know and you need to work out how, what to do next. And you really want to hear the voice of God into that situation. And if you're one of those people, I'm going to ask you to stand and we'll pray with you. But if you're the second group of people, and it might be some overlap, it's just you feel stirred to be an, that sort of person who is led by the Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit in your life, learning to hear what His voice sounds like, how to read the Scripture so it's a genuine divine encounter when you read the scripture and you are someone who's able to hear the spirit's voice if you want to be like that so that when you're grown up like these guys are you're like that I'm going to invite those two groups of people to stand and we're just going to pray again and get some of the prayer ministry team to 
to come. And if you're near somebody who's standing, I'm going to get you to pray for them too. So do just stand up if you are in that group of people. You need guidance. Now, there's going to be loads of people who need guidance because that is a human thing. And if you're somebody who just really longs to be led by the Spirit, to hear his voice better, to, to develop that prophetic gifting, why don't you just put your hands out now and we're going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come and give you what he definitely wants to give. So whatever that situation is that is in your mind, just bring it before the Lord now. Dear God, we know that you are able with your mind of great wisdom to see every individual situation right now. You see the need for guidance. You can see those situations that have come to a, a deadlock and it's impossible to move and someone needs to know what to do. You see it, God. And we pray now that your spirit of wisdom and revelation would come upon each person in this room. Holy Spirit, come prayer ministers. If you just go and just go around the room and um, lay hands on anyone that you can see that is looking for guidance. Just jump up out of your seats. Keep your hands out if you want to receive that spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's a promise from scripture. You can have it. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And for those that are longing to grow in the gift of being able to hear your voice more clearly, more clearly every day, God wants to give you that. He wants you to be able to hear his voice. He wants you to be able to read the Bible and it will be illuminated in your hands so that you can really understand it. Holy Spirit, would you come now? Spirit of wisdom and revelation, come. I think Nigel's got something he wanted, he felt God speaking to him about. Um, I'm, I'm just going to share with you just really practically actually how I just felt God speaking to me this evening. Um, I've kind of learned over the years that um, often it's something I see that then God speaks to me about. So I don't know if you've got the camera, but Claire is wearing these amazing sandals. But what's amazing about them is they're white and they're really clean. And I was like, wow, they're so white. That's literally just what I thought. They're really white. And then Rachel Riddle is also wearing white sandals and they're really white as well. And I was like, wow, Claire's sandals are really white. <laughs> and then there's a load of other people on the front row. Matt Dobson, he's wearing white shoes and they're not so clean and bright. <laughs> And Amy, who's leading worship, she's got white trainers, but they're not so bright. So literally, I'm seeing white shoes everywhere. I'm like, why am I seeing white shoes? But I felt this morning, Rachel shared about forgiveness and the need to forgive. And the reason is, when someone hurts you, it's like getting dirt on your shoes. And the way you get rid of it is by forgiving and they become clean. Spiritually, that's what's going on. And I thought, actually, these white shoes are a sign of someone who's a forgiving person. There's nothing stuck on them. There's no dirt stuck on their lives. They're clean because they know how to forgive when they've been sinned and hurt against. And as Rachel shared that this morning, it was a, it was a powerful word, maybe not for everyone, but for some people to really hear 
actually, if there's some dirt that you need to forgive, somewhere where you've been harmed and wronged, it's really important that you don't just lay it, leave it there. Oh, it's just on my shoes. I'll, I'll deal with it some other time. And so I felt God say, actually, maybe for people tonight, this is maybe a word for us as a church. If you need to forgive someone, even if it's really petty, but for whatever reason, you know it's a thing, maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to us to say, don't leave here without forgiving and releasing forgiveness because you need to be clean and keep nice, white, sparkly, clean sandals. So that was just my, I'm, I'm sharing that a little just to say that's how I felt God speak to me. It wasn't kind of one thing, but it, it just came about where I thought, ah, oh, I think this is on God's heart for us today and for you this evening. So I just want to pray if there's anyone here tonight, and maybe you know is that I've just shared that, ah, oh, yeah, there is something or someone, that God will just give you grace now to be able to forgive that person. And if that feels too difficult, that God would give you grace to start thinking about forgiving that person. And this may well be something that you'd really appreciate just sharing with one of the prayer team and even them helping you just release forgiveness and find forgiveness this evening. Thanks, Nigel. So we're going to go back into worship, but we're carrying on listening to God and we're carrying on praying for one another. And we want to be a church that listens to God and learns how to hear his voice and learns how to um, grow in the gift of prophecy. So if that's something that interests you, that will be covered on our Empowered course and you, you'll be learning about listening to the voice of God and being able to grow in the gift of prophecy. So make sure you come to that. Let's go back into worship and worship is an opportunity for us to just come back to God and say, I give you my heart and my mind and I want to hear your voice. And so come, Holy Spirit, come, we pray in Jesus' name.
you weren't prayed for and you'd like some prayer for something then then a few people will be at the front and we'd love if you wanted to get prayer to be prayed for and for me particularly um, I just wondered if there was anyone here who about three weeks ago there was an argument between your mum and your aunt and uh, you're kind of looking for guidance about what to do within that and if that's you um, come and find me at the front and I'd love to pray with you but um May God bless you, uh, may he keep you, uh, may his face shine upon you, and um, have a blessed week. Amen. Goodbye.